Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 27. Terminated deputy reinstated, crime lab results to identify killer and police department valor award. From Everett, Washington, the news reports a deputy who was terminated by former Snohomish County Sheriff Ty Trinary after he shot and killed a suspect in October 2018 has been reinstated to fully commissioned status by new Sheriff Adam Fortney, the deputy, Arthur Wallen was fired last October because Trinary said the shooting of suspect Nicholas Michael Peters, 24, violated the agency's policies. However, Snohomish County prosecuting attorney Adam Cornell ruled that the shooting was justified because Peters engaged in reckless behavior and failed to respond to commands to show his hands, and after carefully reviewing the case, the new sheriff agreed with the prosecutor. The bottom line is, Deputy Wellen never should have been terminated in the first place. Sheriff Fortney said Tuesday in a prepared statement, Deputy Sheriffs are expected to make split-second decisions in situations which are tense, uncertain, and rapidly evolving. The incident the former administration terminated him for would fall under this category, Fortney said the suspect, Peters, was under the influence of alcohol or drugs during the incident and posed a danger to other drivers on the road using his truck to purposefully ram patrol vehicles after leading deputies in a pursuit at speeds over 100 miles per hour. Authorities say Wallen fired twice through the windshield at Peters after his car crashed. Deputy Wallen's decision to use deadly force was within policy because he was protecting his partner and the community from an imminent threat of death or serious bodily injury, Fortney said, in my judgment. Deputy Wallen put his life on the line to protect both his partner and his community. Wallen's reinstatement as a fully commissioned deputy sheriff canine handler took effect Friday. Peter's family filed a $5 million lawsuit against Snohomish County after the shooting. Earlier this month, the county reached a settlement with the family. The county admitted no wrongdoing and the family agreed to drop all claims against the county as part of the settlement. From Newark, New Ohio. The dispatch reports more than a month after the fatal shooting of a Pataskala toddler, law enforcement have yet to officially determine who pulled the trigger, Pataskala Deputy Police Chief Michael Bowles said lab results are still pending from the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation, we're hoping that sheds some light, on the case, Bowles said, we're not sure what that's going to reveal. Court records filed Friday in Licking County Common Pleas Court detail the events of December, 14, when police and EMS responded to 323 Haystack in Pataskala and found a two-year-old, later identified as Noel Mishuros, who had been shot in the head. The child was taken to Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, where she was pronounced dead. Also in the home were the child's parents, Jason Mishuros and Mary Mishuros, along with her other children. 6 and 11, as Pataskala police investigate the case, Bowles said, the biggest challenge has been the children who could be potential witnesses have autism, so being able to interview them and get good answers hasn't been an easy task. Shortly after first responders arrived on scene in December, Jason Mashuros barricaded himself inside the home for several hours before being taken into custody, since then, Jason Mashuros has been indicted on charges of involuntary manslaughter a first-degree felony, endangering children, a third-degree felony, and obstructing official business, a fifth-degree felony. According to court records, 
The investigation revealed Jason Mashiro's regularly left loaded weapons unlocked in the home and accessible by the children. Court records said the handgun involved in the toddler's death wasn't stored in a secure location and noted evidence at the scene indicated the handgun was successfully fired twice, with one of the bullets striking the child's head. Court records did not identify the shooter. Assistant Licking County Prosecutor Jenny Gonzalez Wells told the advocate in December the charges stem from the allegation Jason Mashiro's left a loaded firearm out, which resulted in the child's death. She noted the obstructing charge was a result of the barricade situation that happened in the basement of the home. In a call to 911 Mary Mashiro's told the dispatcher her six-year-old son found a gun left out and she believed the shooting happened about two hours before it was discovered and authorities were called. An affidavit for a search warrant filed in Licking County last month indicated based on information from the residents, police believed the toddler was shot in the basement of the home then moved to the living room before police arrived. Mother reports that she was upstairs when she heard a shot and then yelling. The record states, it is believed that the father and the other two children were in the basement at the time of the shooting. The document notes police found the toddler and her mother in the living room of the home upon arrival. Police found Jason Mashuros in the basement of the home. From Delton, Wisconsin. Wisconsin News reports two men were recently arrested at the Ho-Chunk Casino near Wisconsin Dells on warrants after officers became suspicious that their loitering involved illegal drugs. Grant A. Kamian, 23, of Baraboo, and 42-year-old Brian D. Hill of Wisconsin Dells were apprehended by officers with the Ho-Chunk Police Department on January 13 and 14, respectively. Kamian faces felony charges of battery to a law enforcement officer and bail jumping, or breaking the agreements of bond from a previous case. He was also charged with resisting an officer and four counts of misdemeanor bail jumping. Those charges are in relation to bonds Kamian entered in December 2018, and in April and August of 2019, according to a criminal complaint by Ho-Chunk officer Daniel Hyman. He and other officers had noticed both men loitering by a restroom in the casino for three days. On the second day, Hyman noted the pair had been asked to leave, but were there again the next day, at about 9 p.m. January 13, Hyman approached Kamian after identifying him by his casino player card. By running his name, Hyman found Kamian had multiple warrants out for his arrest. When Hyman asked Kamian his name, he provided a false one and said a friend had his identification. As the officer told Kamian he was under arrest, Kamian had already begun walking away. He asked why he was under arrest as Hyman told him to stop walking. After the officer told Kamian he knew about the warrants, Kamian threw his cell phone and tried to run away but was cut off by a casino security officer. The two officers struggled to restrain Kamian as they brought him to the floor. In the criminal complaint, Hyman noted he attempted to find a clear point to deploy an electric stun gun on Kamian after the man punched him at least twice on the right side of his face, but could not. Instead, Kamian eventually yelled that he gave up and was handcuffed. Hill faces a felony charge for possession of methamphetamine and misdemeanor charges of resisting an officer and bail jumping. According to the criminal complaint, Hill was apprehended with about 5 grams of methamphetamine in his pocket after a struggle with officers. Just hours after Kamian's arrest, Hyman found Hill playing at a machine in the casino. Hill had a warrant for his arrest filed by Columbia County related to a theft case after not showing up for a planned court hearing. Hyman, with the help of a deputy with the Salk County Sheriff's Office, attempted to arrest Hill, 
He pulled his arms away each time Hyman tried to handcuff him and continued to resist. In the complaint, Hyman said he warned Hill that he would fire a taser at him. After a second warning, Hyman tased Hill, who immediately tensed and yelled that he would relent to being arrested. As the officers secured Hill in a chair, the man kept reaching for his pocket. Hyman noted in the complaint that when he searched Hill, he found a small bag of a crystalline substance later identified as methamphetamine. Hill faces up to slightly more than eight years in prison and fines up to $40,000 as well as a driver's license revocation for up to five years. Kamian could be imprisoned for up to nearly 16 years and fines up to $70,000. From Springfield, Delaware, The Daily Times reports Springfield Police Chief Joseph Daly began 2020 with his continuing practice of commendations for officers before the Board of Commissioners. In relating activities which merited these honors, Daly made clear that was what went right could have easily gone very wrong. In November 2019 the department had contact with a new resident who was known to have serious mental health issues, called to the house, the individual was exhibiting behavior which, officers thought, warranted the family to request temporary commitment, the family refused at the time, in mid-December police were again called and had the expectation to serve commitment papers, several officers put together a detail to carry out necessary action, that was the plan but the individual wasn't following our plan, said Daly, noting the person had been away from the home which officers staked out, ultimately the individual returned and went inside the house, Daly said his officers were aware of the probability if not certainty of firearms in the house, when the person emerged to retrieve some goods from his car officer Sean Clifton went towards him, at which point the individual went for a gun in his waistband, Clifton rushed the man, If Officer Clifton broke off his advancement when he observed the firearm, and one or both of the handguns the suspect was carrying was deployed, there would have been a tragic ending, said Daly. The suspect shot himself in the leg during the struggle, but Clifton and the other four officers approached to subdue and apprehend the individual. Two shots were fired by department personnel, one further wounding the suspect in the leg. The officers knew they were dealing with an individual in mental health crisis and it tempered their response, that is the reason Officer Clifton tried to contain him physically, but that just didn't work out, although conditions warranting the use of deadly force were present, our officers showed remarkable restraint, only wounding the suspect who will make a full recovery, Daly said, Daly presented Clifton with a commendation for valor, the highest honor the police department can bestow. It represented Clifton's actions to protect his fellow officers at great personal risk. A citation for bravery was awarded to Lieutenant Joseph Sadoff, and officers Keith Robbins, Andrew Graff, and Kevin Oswald. Each commendation cited their individual actions, family, friends, and others attending the meeting stood and applauded the officers. Commissioners President Jeff Rudolph recognized the men for their bravery and professional expertise. Rudolph added of the incident, that was not all in day's work, and a tribute to the Springfield Police Department. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.